Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD and accidentally writing a book out loud. Uh, we're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show um, and write down the secret word of that show and then just email me just the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made, and we'll get into the show. When you have ADHD, putting in an eight-hour workday while maintaining maximum concentration can be a challenge. Here are some strategies to help. Make your physical environment less distracting. Use your laptop, smartphone, or alarm to track appointments and deadlines. Break up long tasks into shorter ones. Take breaks and walk around. Before you leave work, take five minutes to organize your work area for the next day. To learn more about workplace issues, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Jan, can you introduce our guest? Jeff, we're very happy to have Dave Delaney with us today. Dave is the founder of Future Forth and author of the acclaimed books, New Business Networking and The Nice Method. Dave is a popular speaker and trainer on corporate communication, leadership, and professional networking. He has dedicated his life to helping professionals connect and communicate in new and meaningful ways. His presentations are humorous, educational, and engaging for in-person and virtual events of all sizes. He works with organizations like Google, LinkedIn, UPS, FedEx, American Marketing Association, HubSpot Inbound Conference, and many more. He has appeared in USA Today, Forbes, Billboard Magazine, Entrepreneur Magazine, and several books about corporate communications. So, Jeff, we're very glad to have Dave with us today. Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm excited about this. One of my favorite shows to do on Attention Talk Video and Attention Talk Radio is obvious solutions that don't look that obvious. And a lot of times people with ADHD, they just do things that are different from everybody else. And so a lot of times people say you got to use your creativity and it's, you know, people just get kind of squelched by that. They know they want to be creative, but sometimes it's helpful if you see something that is like, wow, that's an example. And, you know, Dave, I think you've interviewed um, Peter Shankman. I did an interview with him years ago about how he booked a trip to Tokyo and back. Um, and the sole purpose was he had to, 
he promised he was going to write a book himself, and he hadn't done it. And he books a trip because he gets on an airplane, and there's nobody around. He writes part of the book on the way over, gets on the plane, comes back. The United States writes the second half of the book, and you're like, this is not a believable story, except he didn't get his passport stamped in Tokyo. So when he came back to the United States, he couldn't get through customs. And so, again, these are the types of things that I like to do. I mean, these are all true stories. And today having you on, you've got your own true story today. The title of our show is Accidentally Writing a, a Book Out Loud. And you know the thing about people with ADHD, many of them, uh, not to talk is not to think. So often they'll find themselves talking out loud. And you told me that you were at a conference networking one time and inadvertently was talking to somebody, and then a book idea was born. Could you share that experience with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. So I am a keynote speaker, so a lot of what I do for a living is speaking on stages. And I was at a conference to speak, and I hadn't spoken yet. And there was an exhibit hall, and I'm a big proponent and believer in networking, but doing it like nicely, not not sticky <laughs> networking. <laughs> not the networking where you feel like you need to wash your hands and take a shower <laughs> after all the, you know, you know, all the business card attacks. And I saw, and so I'm a big proponent of, of talking to strangers, and I talk a lot about why that's important. And I saw a lady sitting behind a table. She was exhibiting, uh, she was obviously a publisher, exhibiting some books. And I knew some of the authors. So I was you know, friends with some of the authors who had been published. Um, I, but I had no plan to pitch a book. And I just went over to practice what I preach and talk to a stranger. So I just said hello, introduced myself, and we started chatting. And the next thing I know, being a very savvy publisher, and, <laughs> uh, is she says, what's your book? And really put me on the spot. And I said, well, I, I don't have a book. And she said, <laughs> yeah, but, but what is your book? I had had this idea I'm an early adopter in social media. I've been on all the social networks since before the algorithms all got scary and evil. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> so being a big believer in networking nicely, I had this concept in my brain about writing a book about networking with chapters about how to do it from, you know, in person. Uh, I've organized networking events and things like that over the years. So how to do it in person and, and then also have chapters on how to do it on Facebook and Twitter or X or whatever it's called and LinkedIn and how to use podcasting and things like that to grow your network. And, but I'd never said this out loud ever. And usually my <laughs> wife, God bless her. She hears all the crazy ideas, uh, right. Uh, and puts up with it somehow. And, <laughs> but I never even told her this because it, I'd never said it out loud at all. And this chance encounter, this, you know, this conversation, the publish, the, the woman says, well, I love that idea. I don't think there's books about that, that, that explore networking online and offline. And so we exchanged cards and I followed up with her, which I have like three ups of networking. The second up is following up and I followed up with her. And next thing I knew I had a book deal and <laughs> an advance and a contract and I thought, oh, okay, now, now I've got to write a book. And so that's how <laughs> New Business Networking uh, was born, or at least the beginning of it. So I, forgive me for interrupting here, but I'll, I'll never forget. And everybody, I don't know if this is really true or not, but my father years ago had said that he understood that John F. Kennedy got elected to president. 
And he had spent so much time doing all that stuff. He gets into the Oval Office and he goes, okay, we got elected. Now what do we do? <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, he didn't really know what to do it. And when you said that, like, oh, I have a book deal. Now what do I do? I mean, that kind of hit my mind. Like, okay, I got the deal, but mm-hmm. I don't even I thought of it. So I'm hearing that you – this wasn't premeditated. I mean, you had an idea, but you weren't down the road. By her saying, what is your book, you started talking out loud. She has a good idea. And before you know it, okay, now i got a, a book. What do I do? Is that right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so when did it hit you <laughs> that you were like in kind of deep tapioca here? I, well, it was it was an especially it was an interesting time because I just it was only about a year uh, after I went out on my own and started working for myself, and mm-hmm. because of that, luckily I, I was quite busy at the beginning when I kind of told the world, "Hey, now I'm fr- I'm a free agent," you know, and yep. and luckily at the time I was quite busy. And suddenly, so I had to figure out how to run a business, but I also uh, had to write a book. And the the imposter syndrome kicked in right away. And I should also add here that this was long before I was diagnosed with ADHD. That happened months ago. Uh I'm 51 now. It happened while I was still 50, but it only happened this year. So this was pre-diagnosis with ADHD. I had no idea that I had ADHD. Mm-hmm. And uh, that makes things a little more complicated, <laughs> as it turns out, in, in, in writing a book. So, uh, yeah, so the stress uh, kicked in right away, the imposter syndrome, the self-doubt, uh, all, of, all of the things. Um, and the stress, it, it all came to me so quickly that I I reached out to some friends, as I mentioned, like friends who had published books, written books before. So other author friends, I reached out to them and said, like, you know, I've got this book deal. And they're like, yay. And I said, self-doubt. And they're like, that's okay. That's part of the process of writing a book. So regardless of of how your mind operates, uh, you go through self-doubt. And so that's what I was going through. Only it was cranked to eleven because of yeah you know, really the ADHD. Yep. So so this is kind of funny. You have imposter syndrome, yet you wrote the book. So actually, yes. I guess you weren't really. I guess you weren't really imposter. That's what it's like to write a book the first time. Right. And well, <laughs> so I mean, you're right. You're right. I mean, yeah, yeah. You're you're spot on there. I mean, I think that the imposter syndrome. The challenge with it is I was writing a book for people to use social media and, and, and in-person events to, to grow their careers, to grow their businesses, and to do it the right way. And um, so, as I said, I had chapters, like, for example, I had a chapter on Twitter, or I still do. It's still in the book. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, I, as I'm writing it, I'm, like, explaining what a retweet is. <laughs> or, and, or no, excuse me, before I explain what a retweet was, uh, I, you know, I already mentioned once that my wife is awesome and, and she is, she would proofread my chapters before I sent them to the editor, to the publisher. And so she was kind of a Luddite back then. And so she asked like, what is a retweet? <laughs> and by her asking me that, I'm like, really, you don't know what a retweet is. Um, and so I said, do you think I need to explain that? And she said, yeah. Because what had, what had happened here was I was envisioning these peers in, in who really know this space reading my book. 
mm-hmm. and thinking like, duh, this is obvious. But what I realized in talking to my wife is that the book wasn't for them. The book was for people who yep. don't know how to do this stuff. And that reframing really helped me uh, write the book because suddenly I realized well, that's not who I'm trying to write yep. for. It's, it's different yep. people. And so that helped big time with, yeah. with some of the self-doubt. Not to say it didn't go away. but Yeah, yeah. So uh, tell you what, I want to go to a break here and come back. Um, and I, I, again, this is a good stopping point. Um, before we go to break, you have a podcast of your own. It's wisdomsquirrels.com. Is that correct? No, it's uh, wisequirrels.com. Wisequirrels. Wisequirrels.com. Wise. So everybody, like, you, you, like, I'm sure you should go check it out after this interview. You're, you're realizing he's quite a character. There's a lot of other like good stuff that's over there. So uh, that's his uh, <laughs> podcast and website. Our secret word tonight is accidentally. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by gigcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Dave having a conversation about uh, how we accidentally wrote a book out loud. And, and what I really want to emphasize, this is a great story. Um, and, and one thing that, that I really want people to kind of notice, too, but I'm going to go back to ADHD and executive function. The fact that he you know, basically is talking out loud, never said it stuff, and wow, a good idea comes out before you know he has a book deal. And you'll notice is that he's talking to his wife and getting a lot of feedback as he's uh, work, working his way through the process and getting some insight. I share that with you because I'll never forget I was uh, meeting with Dr. Barkley in 2017 uh, at the annual conference on ADHD in um, New Orleans. And I was meeting with him on a couple other issues. And I had been coaching this kid um, was in uh, boarding school, and he had gotten some feedback on a paper that he wrote. Um, like a couple pages, and we were having difficulty. He was having difficulty as he went to the teacher to get some feedback. And I said, "Well, I think that you need to be with the teacher and get like paragraph at a time, as opposed to the entire paper." And given I I I, I shared that, I'm like, "Hey, Doctor Barkley, you know, am I out of bounds? You know, no, this is absolutely correct. People with ADHD because of working memory sometimes they need immediate feedback, and it really kind of helps them through the thinking process. And I'm I really wanting to highlight that this is really cool that they wrote the book and it's really good. But as somebody with ADHD, we can begin to see cognitively how he might not be aware of this stuff, but he's doing this. And this is how some people actually write a book. It's not like what you think something would happen. So with that, so Dave, your, your mother, I mean, excuse me, your wife, I, as I understand from our conversation, you talk to her quite frequently to bounce ideas off or, or have you edit your papers, as you were saying. Is it, mm. am I overstating it or is she, pretty helpful in the process 
Yeah, she was extremely helpful in the process for sure. She she's a school teacher, and so she has the patience of a saint and uh, <laughs> putting up with me. <laughs> um, so yes, she was extremely helpful. And so you have that, but I also there was there's a point in time here is where you're like, okay, I need to do something about this, and you escaped from home to go off and, and do some writing. Can you tell us about that experience? Yes, um, I found. Yeah, writing at home. We had, you know, two kids. We still have them. Uh, (laughs) They're teenagers now, so we'll we'll see what happens. We'll we'll probably keep them. Um, (laughs) No, great kids. Uh, But no, I needed to change the scenery. I needed to to get out of the house, which is where I work from typically. So um, I found uh, we have a family with a condo who uh, was empty. And so I was able to use that space a lot of the time. I also used the local library and even uh, a coffee shop from time to time as well. But a lot of the, the book was written from that condo where I had no distractions. I had silence and I could just, you know, get to work. And so you, you made the decision to sequester yourself. I mean, it, 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 at what point did you decide that that needed to happen? Oh, very early on. I realized, uh, yeah, I just realized there was too many, too many distractions at home for me to be able to focus enough to, to work on it. And I think also just changing, even beyond the distraction stuff, just changing the environment to be, this is where I write the book. Yep. Like it, it, that, that mindset really helped me yep. as well. well. Again, everybody, Clearly, I'm a big friend of Dr. Barclay. I also did an interview with him in 2018. If you want to look it up, just Google Tension Talk Radio GPS, where we talked about working memory specifically. And one of the things that we talk about in that is when you're going to sit down and, and do some type of thinking, it requires some cognitive effort. There's like a booting up. Like when you hit your computer, you've got to boot it up. You've got to load the operating system and everything. And the idea is when you sit down, you do some things that require a lot of heavy thinking. It takes effort to kind of get into what we call the flow. People with ADHD, I'm having a hard time getting the flow. Once I'm in the flow, I'm doing pretty good. And if you get disrupted when you're in the flow, it's almost like your computer gets unplugged and you have to start over again. And Lord knows it's mm. difficult to get into that flow. And I'm sharing this with our listeners because a lot of times I think people don't really realize is that, number one, by leaving the house, you're removing all those temptations, but you're also leaving the opportunity to be interrupted. And so from a working memory and cognitive perspective, I'm eliminating the distractions, which could be like, you know, a phone or like chores, but you're also not getting disrupted distracted when you're um, in the process so that you can go through kind of like what Peter Shankman had done by getting on the airplane. And so right. how, how frequently did you go to the condo in these places and how much time did you typically spend each time? Yeah, because it was a bit of a drive, I would spend, you know, at least several hours, sometimes even the full day. It became an interesting point of stress as well, because I had, I had suddenly gotten, got this book deal um, to write this book, but I was also trying to grow my business and, and serve my clients at the same time. So, um, and really like the whole entrepreneurial world was, was pretty new to me at the time. I mean, I'd always had ideas and, and, you know, dabbled with things, but I usually had a job. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So this was the first time where I was like, I don't have a paycheck coming. 
Um, you know, it was funny because early on in my own entrepreneurial journey, I would tell people, you know, I'm terrible at sales until the point where I realized, oh, wait a minute, if I'm not selling anything, then, <laughs> you know, I'm out of business. And uh, so I realized I've got to be good at sales. Um, but anyway, yeah, so I would I would go for uh, several hours and uh, and, you know, write during that time. Yep. Yep. And so um, in this process, I understood that you uh, thought about giving up a couple times. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Constantly. Um, again, my wife is my rock. So she would she would, you know, talk me down from the roof, so to speak, <laughs> um, and just say, you know, it's OK. Um, you know, you, you got this. You, you know, take your time. You're fine. Um, but, yeah, no, I wanted it was. It was at first before the whole retweet thing, um, it really was imposter syndrome where I was thinking, you know, my friends in this industry are going to read this and laugh because it's so obvious. Um, and who am I to be writing it? And and that kind of thing. So it was. Yeah. It, it, uh, you know, after after realizing who I was writing it for, um, I was still faced with the the imposter syndrome um you know that it just took different shapes yep. but it was it was there constantly and uh yeah it definitely made things difficult so i wanted to quit over and over again yep. and my wife was like you can't you have to do it so just real quickly we're going to go to break in a second but i did an interview uh god nine months ago i guess with dr roberto olivardia and we we're talking about emotional self-regulation emotional self-regulation emotional regulation is a part of adhd and an executive function and we started talking about when thinking is really really difficult uh there's an urge to go to your emotions because they're stimulating and believe it or not this sounds kind of ridiculous but the, the notion that shame is actually self-soothing it's actually a little bit of relief and we were talking about hey if you're having some difficulty thinking it's easier to just say i suck and just kind of escape some of that stuff and so i'm just sharing this because he definitely got through it but that notion of hey i'm imposter the emotional like frustration like oh my god this is really hard kind of getting through that we can see how this is kind of playing into it fortunately he has wife backing him to get him him through this a lot of times people they ADHD, they won't make it that far but this also talks about how important it is to have around you that are supporting you so um again yeah. going to a break before we do i want to get your website right it's wise squirrel uh wise squirrels plural so wise w-i-s-e squirrels.com see it's always always good to ask the guest make sure you get it right i don't want to trip over myself so <laughs> um our secret word tonight is accidentally and with that we'll be right back after these messages you're listening to attention talk radio We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? <laughs> Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. 
Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back. We're here with uh, Dave talking about how he actually d- accidentally wrote a book um, <clears throat> out loud, um, which is, a, which is a, a, just a fun story. But we're also doing this to see, like, obviously, this is not maybe the way that you would envision that you write a book, but this is a, light, a way a lot of people with ADHD do it in some unorthodox way. Now we get to the, my favorite part. One of the things that I've noticed of the people that I know with ADHD that have written a book is they write the book and then the edits come back. And going back and forth, the tediousness of that and kind of going back and making those adjustments for many, there's like, oh, I was, I was overwhelmed at writing the book. And then the edits come back and, oh, my God, like you just want to like go to the dentist and have your teeth pulled without any Novocaine. <laughs> with <the> less <laughs> Can you share with us your experience with this? Because I think you, were, you would write chapters when done and you were doing edits and writing at the same time, right? Yeah, that's right. It was uh, luckily my publisher. She uh, she was great uh, and had warned me ahead of time that you're going to get to this point um, uh, with all. She called it authors PM authors PMS is what she called it. But and what, so and what she was explaining is that what happens is you know I wrote the book you know twelve chapters so three at a time. I think that's right. Yeah, I don't do math well. Uh, three at a time. And so I would submit the first three chapters for edits, um, and they would be gone. And then I'd start reading, writing the, the second or the, the second section, the, the next three yep. chapters. And I'd be finished. The, I finished those, send them on their way. And then I started re- writing the third section. And at that point, that's while I'm writing that, then I'm getting the first three chapters back as I'm writing that to do the edits on. So now I'm, I'm researching and editing and rewriting the first section um, while also writing that third section and, and then the same thing for the fourth. So, and, and then it just went from there. Um, I am very thankful that I somehow wrote a pretty good book and that <laughs> on first draft and that the edits weren't completely overwhelming. Um, I mean, they certainly having to, to kind of balance all this uh, was um, I was very mindful of the due dates. I was contractually obliged to, to hit. And so, you know, this isn't to turn people away or turn them off from, from writing a book, but, you know, you can also get extensions when, when need be, uh-huh. but as a, just, uh, I don't know whether uh, I'm a perfectionist or whatever it is. I'm, 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 I've always been very anal with time management. Okay. Um, again, before I knew that I had ADHD, um, but I was, uh, you know, I would show up to meetings like 30 minutes to an hour early. I wouldn't go into the meeting like that. Yes. Respect for the person. Yep. But I would sit in the parking lot in my car for an hour and listen to a podcast or yep. read or something before showing up for the meeting yep. on time. Um, yeah. So, so that, that, yeah, the timing was important. So, um, yeah, but that's what so, that process was like. 
One of my questions to you is, so you have, you're writing new material and you're editing old material. Did, mm-hmm. Would you go like maybe and sequester yourself and say, today I'm just writing new or today I'm just doing editing? Or did you find yourself bouncing back and forth and back and forth? Uh, yeah, it was a bit of the, it was a bit of both. I was trying to use, like I was trying to allocate time to do the edits and revisions mm-hmm. and the time to, to write the original new stuff. Um, but what happened was as I would be writing the new stuff, I would realize, oh, wait a minute, like this contradicts something that I just edited or, or a rewrite yep. section or what have you. And that, yeah, that, you know, that's why my yep. podcast is called Why Squirrels because the whole squirrel <laughs> thing. I was like looking at all the sections, squirrel, try, <laughs> being distracted by thoughts about the other stuff that yeah. I had written. So, yeah. yeah, a lot of so, going back and forth. Yeah, so I, I, this might not be with your book, but I am going to share this: is that when it, when I'm working with people with ADHD, most people don't really realize that the majority of procrastination is rooted in ambiguity. And so, mm-hmm. if you're writing and you hit like a wall, like you don't really know what to do or what to say. At that moment, there's an urge rather than just sit there in like white spaces to go off onto another task. So this will happen a lot when somebody's at their desk. They go to sit mm-hmm. down and they got some project to do, and they find themselves doing all kinds of other things. And when I'm talking to them, a lot of times it's whatever they've got to do. They're not really clear on what to do. Or sometimes you have to do some daydreaming to kind of come up with the, what that insight is kind of go. And I'm sharing this with people because a lot of times they think I've got to do it this way. And more often than not, and again, you might have a different experience, is they pinging back and forth in what seems to be random. But sometimes if you are writing and you don't really like you're going down a path and you don't really know what to go, then you'll escape that and go back to the editing because it might be a little bit more known. And then you could get mm-hmm. to that point in time where you're like, hey, I don't really know what to do here. And then you kind of escape and you ping back somewhere else. And so I'm sharing that again. It might not have been your experience, but this is, by chance, does any of that resonate with you? Oh, no, absolutely. And because, of course, this is pre-diagnosis and pre-medication, um, I was also drinking, well, still do really, a ton of coffee. And <laughs> so, so taking, you know, breaks, you know, okay, I'm ready to do this thing. Time to make a coffee. <laughs> um, and, you know, so I would, do, I would do a lot of that. But, yeah, no, that, that totally resonates. So at, at the end of the day, you finally got through it and you wrote a book. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the relief of all that. <laughs> Yeah, so I wrote a blog post at the time, and it was something like, I just gave birth to a 12 <laughs> you know, health, healthy baby book. Um, you know, uh, um, it, it was interesting. I, and and I, use, I actually wrote that blog post that, using that wording because, honestly, in, in my experience of it, this was the closest I will ever get to giving birth. Uh, <laughs> and I think, you know, I, I think of my wife and – and her experiences giving giving birth and any any woman doing that and you know you I I I can't speak for women here but I would I would imagine most if not all of you are like just get him out of me or get her out of me <laughs> right that was kind of how I was with the book and at that point I was just like I didn't even really want to see the book I'm just like yep. just someone yep. take the book I don't yep. want to look at it. And it was it wasn't until it started showing up on bookshelves where, you know, that was pretty exciting. And to take my kids to a bookstore and to show them my book on the shelves and then start hearing from friends and family. My mom 
was going around bookstores in Toronto where I'm from and like, you know, repositioning yep. my books as like, you know, <laughs> the best, you know, at eye level on all the shelves and all the things. And then I had a friend uh, who went to a, like a, a bookshop in uh, Bangkok and, and found my book there, yep. um, which was pretty exciting. So, yeah. so, yeah. So after, yeah. yeah, after, after the holy shit, I committed to a book deal. I'm an imposter. Yeah. <laughs> this is a freaking pain in the ass. It was over, or was it? Like then, the feelings of maybe I should write another one come in. Um, that has been there for a long time, although not immediately. And and it, you know, I've I've written a couple little mini eBooks, I call them, but they're not you know book books. Yep. Um, and yeah, you know, it's that is really a a great question because. I because I had such kind of a really negative experience in in the whole process at the end of the day um when the book finally came out like this is 2013 so publishers weren't doing a lot for you then they do even less for you now especially mm-hmm. first time authors and so it was really on me to effectively market the book I had friends who had you know gone through the same publisher and they planned, uh, you know, book tours and, and all this stuff. And I did have a big book launch party in Nashville where I live, but I honestly, I had to get back to work. And so <laughs> my book wasn't like a bestseller. I mean, last I checked, it had 45 reviews and they're all, you know, for the most part, quite good. Um, uh-huh. and, uh, yeah, but I didn't, you know, I didn't really want to rush to writing another book. I do now, know the book that I'm going to write. Um, and it is very much about my, uh, diagnosis with ADHD. Um, I've landed on the thing, like I've found the thing that I want to write about. And yep. so, you know, I'll be, I'll be sharing a lot about, about that over at Y squirrels too. Okay. So the cool part about this is the point is like, you know, it's funny people with ADHD, sometimes they, they, they don't have a really good memory. Um, Visual imagery, part of ADHD, is the ability to see the future or reflect in the past, and sometimes it kind of dwindles, and it kind of cracks me up. Uh, not everybody, but a lot of times people, they, they'll go through a real difficult experience like this, and they'll forget the, the pain of it all before you know they're saying, sure, I'll write another book deal. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> here, but, but the, 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 everybody, the point really here is I hope you tuned into the show and that people with ADHD are capable of doing things, but it might not be the way that you think that it is, and if you are – in a space where you're trying to sit at home, do this all by yourself. I encourage you to talk and collaborate. And again, this is not for everybody with ADHD, but I think Dave was a really good example of how he's able to write a book talking out loud all the way through the yeah. process. And if you have ADHD, there's a, you probably have a vision in your head about how this is supposed to be. Get rid of the vision. Just go with your instincts. Believe it or not, your instincts are going to go to the most efficient process because you're rewarded with higher levels of performance. So if you have a belief that, that you should do it a certain way that can get in the way, just do it the way you're called to do it, and you might be surprised. You might accidentally write a book. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and if you wouldn't mind, I, I could yeah. share a tip for your listeners too, which is yeah. um, find people – find other aspiring authors or people or you know, authors who want to write another book. And um, I, I heard about this from a couple of friends who, who have written great books as well. Um, and this is how I will do the next one, which is um, following like the Pomodoro method or the, you know, 20 minutes writing five minute breaks, something to that effect, use a zoom call or do it in person, but use a zoom call with your author, your other author friend or friends. And with the camera on, 
write the book, like all three of you write your books. Just focus on writing over the 20 minutes. Don't talk. You're not allowed to talk to each other. Just write. But keep the cameras on so you can see one another. And then every, five, you know, every 20 minutes, take a five-minute break. Talk about the weather. Talk about what you just wrote. Whatever. Five minutes is up. Get back to, get back to work and, co- and keep writing. And this has worked really well for, for friends. And this is absolutely uh, part of my strategy for my next book. And, and I would suspect sometimes you just talk about nothing, but every once in a while you're processing things that actually help you get back and write the book, as opposed to if mm-hmm. you were home and you went up to go get a cup of coffee. Believe it or not, there's some invisible stuff that happens when you're just yabbering with some other people. So anyway, yeah. Dave, I, I appreciate it so much. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Yeah, it was a pleasure. And one more time, if you could give everybody your URL for your podcast so I make sure we get it right. Yeah, it's wisequirrels.com, uh, and you can find it at wisequirrels.com or search any podcast pl- uh, you know, uh, application you use to listen to podcasts. Wise Squirrels is the name of the show. Awesome. So with that, Dave, thanks for coming on the show. Remember, everybody, our secret word tonight is accidentally. We hope you've enjoyed this. We hope you feel inspired. Catch us next week for another great edition of Attention Talk Radio. Take care.